0: Welcome to Horror Makes Us Happy, the podcast where we ask the question, what is it about horror that makes us happy? Your hosts are Steve Becker and Chris Whitman, and you can find out more about us at horrormakesushappy.com. Before we get started, uh, this is the trigger warning section. Just to let you know, we're going to be talking about some messed up stuff. I'll call it by a different adjective in a second. This is uh, your chance to either, you know, decide not to listen to this because we will talk about uh, things involving horror, horror culture, which could involve anything from murder, rape, suicide, child abuse... Bad, uh, bad, bad words. We say bad words a lot, probably. <laughs> so, yes, if that's your thing, tune in. If not, maybe give it a second choice. Otherwise, listen to us talk about fucked up shit like that, like that. <laughs> uh, let's see. Next up, we will be speaking with uh, musician and author Andy Dean. But this week, we have the pleasure of a guest. Artist, clothing designer, DJ, and just diehard horror fan with an awesome collection, Jenny Murray. Welcome.
1: Hey. <laughs> How
0: are you I stumble through the intro? Yeah.
1: Yeah. No. No. <laughs> I I am good for uh for a Sunday morning at ten thirty in Brisbane. I guess I'm usually asleep now. So. Uh.
0: <laughs> well, thank you for getting up early.
1: Yeah. <laughs> thank you for asking me. It kind of came out of the blue and I was like, oh yeah, that's cool.
2: I like have never
3: done anything like this before. So yeah, Hmm. that's awesome. So in this, uh, in this interview, we'll be asking three sets of questions generally, um, covering childhood, teenage years, and adulthood to find out what it is about horror that you like. The idea being that if we interview enough people, we might find some common themes or some uncommon ones too. Um, but that said, if there's anything that we ask that you don't want to answer, just say pass and we'll move on. It's not meant to be a therapy session. Yeah, Yeah. Um, Yeah. But starting with childhood, what are some of your earliest memories of scary things?
2: Well,
1: like, as a kid, like, I, because I'm very, like, visual and I'm an artist, I was always really drawn to, like, like creepy, like, cartoons or anything that was, like, like, you know, like, Scooby-Doo and, uh, like, uh, I don't know if you know, like, Goober and the Ghost Chasers kind of thing, like, creepy kind of cartoons that had a creepy side to them, like, Adam's Family and stuff like that, so... Like I, I think that's like probably like the, the gateway to like just and anything that like you or even like artwork, anything that kind of physically looked like like creepy. I just found it really intriguing, and I I wasn't exactly sure why, but like I wasn't a a, a girly girl. Like I was quite a tomboy, and I just didn't really know where I was fitting kind of in. Like I wasn't into Disney princesses or anything like that. I. Yeah, like, fucking Scooby-Doo, man. I'd still watch that shit very happily. Like, I love damn (laughs) Scooby-Doo, hey. like, And Goober and the Ghost Chasers, I don't know if you remember that one, but he was, like, this super, like, he was seedier than Scooby. Like, Goober, he's, like, this blue fucking dog with a beanie on. He's, -hmm. like, kind of Scooby-Doo's, like, you know, the weed-smoking kind of type of dog fucking goober is like the smack kind of dog like he <laughs> <laughs> like okay. he, he kind of always looked like you're like seconds away from fucking wanting to ring an ambulance for him kind of thing but um yeah no i i love those like yeah like really old school kind of cartoons that yeah like people chasing uh masked people and ghosts and and yeah people wearing masks and all that i thought i just thought it was really fucking cool eh
3: uh, favorite episodes?
1: I don't know if it's my fucking memory. I don't actually remember like individual episodes, um, anymore. Like I kind of remember like, like certain villains and what they kind of looked like, but okay. like, yeah, to, to be honest, like, Oh geez, you put me under pressure now.
3: <laughs> <laughs> what villains popped to mind?
1: I don't think like, cause I know there was, there was some like, yeah, that were really famous where there was like, you know, guys in cloaks, like, um, What's the 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 villain like? A bit like Skeletor, but not Skeletor. Mm. Like very Skeletorish-looking dude. I know there was one that was like that. That may have been in several episodes. I don't know if there was reoccurring. I swear there was like one kind of villain that was like in several fucking episodes. Hey, maybe or I'm just reruns. A- yeah, yeah, maybe, 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 yeah, or yeah. I don't know, but yeah, um, yeah. No, I, I was just I like, and I think that's like um you know, when I started drawing and stuff and doing art, like I really, uh, looking at those cartoons, it's like kinda, I was very observant and that's kinda how I learned to start drawing and taking notice about like how certain things were drawn in cartoons.
0: Yeah, yeah. Yep. I've done the same. You pause it and just stare at it and just to get that one image. Cause cause you want to draw it and see if you can draw the style that they did.
1: Yeah, yeah, like especially like little things like oh, what would a what do what do people draw noses like on a certain angle or something like that? You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? But yeah, and and just Mm -hmm. like getting overall inspiration, um, for like yeah, things that you want to draw. But yeah,
0: it seems like you were into a lot of like uh, spooky animation as a kid. So I got to ask, did you um, did you see any of the uh, like popular creepy animated movies of the time, like Secret of Nim or uh, Wizards?
1: Yeah, I I remember um seeing like yeah the the secret of Nymph, but I think that was like at school, like um <laughs> yeah I think we because we had to read the book.
3: I mean, there there was a book.
1: Yeah, I think we yeah. had to read the book and then um yeah look at the movie um
3: mm-hmm.
1: you know I I don't know if I was overly into that like that that was quite fucking dark that one like had fucking rats in it and shit hey.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: It's like,
1: yeah, it's like had the rats, wasn't it? Oh, I do remember yeah, that. Yeah, the rats, yeah. the owl,
0: Nicodemus. Yeah. It was yeah. it was some spooky shit. It so was. spooky, in fact, that it couldn't be a, a Disney product. So Don Bluth was like, well, fuck you. I'm going to do it myself.
1: Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. That does make sense. Yeah, it was quite creepy. Like, because all the kind of the animations that were spooky that I liked still had a kind of cute side. And maybe that was like maybe that was a little too dark for me then, you know. Maybe mm-hmm. that was just a bit maybe. too down the rabbit hole at that stage, <laughs> you know. Possible. Uh, yeah, yeah. Because I like I like I remember liking spooky things, but then there was like some things that's like animation that scared me as a child that I didn't like. Like I always remember being quite freaked out. Um, like, um, you know the bit in the Dumbo animation when he gets, like, high mm. off, like,
2: mm-hmm. drinking alcohol
1: in the barrel? <laughs> and The whole like, elephants? Yeah. That shit freaked me fucking out, man. Like, it's I, supposed to. Yeah. And so, right? like, I didn't, like, like, I watched it, and I was still, I think that's a thing with horror, though, is when you're young and you kind of, you're like, I'm not sure if I'm enjoying this, but you're still really glued to it. You know, what I'm mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm. You're
1: not sure why you're like, I can't look away, but you're still really freaked out. And that's one thing. Those elephants really fucked me up. I reckon Hey, I would dream about, that. Shit. <laughs> yeah, I'm know, like, which, I- is,
3: which is kind of funny now when I think about it, because some of the pictures of, of your clothing that I've seen posted, Aren't those kind of like some
0: similar, similar colors?
1: Exactly. Yeah. I, mm-hmm. Maybe I'm just out there to really terrify young children.
0: <laughs> I mean, who isn't, you know?
1: that—that's my. It's—it's well. it's, it's actually really funny because when, like, I've done a few market stalls and that, and you'll see, like, like I'll always put my prints out, and um, like adults will come and they'll be like, oh, like cause some of them are like fucking idiots, you know? They're like, oh, cool art, but it's a bit like kind of childish, and then all the kids will come and they'll be like. They'll love it. And then, but you'll see the kind of parents' faces going, it's cute, but it's also very terrifying and fucked up and, like, psychedelic. And they're, like, trying to shelter and you're like, it.
0: you get it. Exactly. Yeah,
1: yeah. yeah. <laughs> they're, like, they're trying to ch- shelter their children from my art, but I'm like, go to.
2: <laughs> like,
1: it's always the kids that end up, like, asking their parents if they can buy my prints. Hey, so, like, yeah, it's, it's pretty cool. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs>
3: uh so let's see dumbo getting high secret in him maybe not in your uh wheelhouse what else uh what else didn't you like when you were a kid in horror <sighs> i
1: don't know
3: um was there anything that actually scared you
1: oh uh, yeah well uh, my uh, you're know, like fucking unsolved mysteries man i think every child was really scared of that like not that it was necessarily horror but it was like it was that dude's voice. Like that haunted me for a very yeah. fucking long time. They would tell stories about people, like people and they're like, oh, these children and they're like lying in their bed and it just burst into flames. And it was definitely the devil, you know? That's <laughs> a real thing. <laughs> like, yeah. And, and cause I lived in <laughs> Ireland and like Ireland is like super fucking Catholic. And like, I'd go to like, when I went to school, um, my, my school in Ireland was like uh, run by nuns. And they'd be like every fucking Monday, they'd be like, if you didn't go to church on Sunday, you're going to fucking hell. And they'd tell me all horrible mm. things. Cause I was like left-handed and shit. <laughs>
3: there, there I heard your accent. Oh uh, yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah. yeah. Fucking hell. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Wouldn't it be fucking hell?
1: <laughs> cause, uh, cause I was left-handed. They would tell me I was like going to go to hell. They would try to make me right with my right hand and shit. So like, I was very terrified by yeah. Like things like anything kind of like unsolved mysteries related, um, it freaked the shit out of me, and fucking uh, it's not horror, but like fucking like my my older brother was babysitting me, and um, he fucking was had a Mississippi Burning, the the movie Mississippi yeah. Burning on, and I, because I obviously Irish, and we didn't have any like um, people of color in Ireland, or I didn't understand what the fucking KKK were. So I was mm. always terrified that the KKK was going to come and burn my fucking house down. That was that was great. Um,
0: that's a yeah. good you know chill at home movie to throw on. That's, oh that's, that's yeah, fun. I know.
1: I don't know what my <laughs> brother was thinking, but yeah, that 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 actually scarred me for life. That movie, yeah, just I like to this day, I'm I'm always terrified of my house going on fire in the middle of the night. I just think it would be be a really bad way to fucking go, you know, like being stuck yeah, no in a shit. fucking house. That would be really terrifying. <laughs>
3: uh, so I, I guess the common theme here that we're starting to see is that you were, um, you know, turned off by things that were realistically horrific uh, yes. but there was some, some element of the cartoonish, uh, horror that was somehow interesting.
1: Well, I feel like well, I'm like sitting down for a therapy session now because
2: kinda, <laughs> that like
1: you, you just blew my mind because that shit like it's to this day like I think that's very me right now like I'm not one to really like um you know when you fucking like people love fucking uh real gore and stuff like I mm. like if if real gore is on on TV I like I get really squeamish I don't mm. like it like if I think something is real I kinda don't like it. Um but I love as if I know it's fake and even if it's really real looking, I fucking love that. And I'll be sitting there with this big smile on my face going, This is mad. But like yes. you you could be showing me something fucking real and just telling me that it's fake and I'll be fine. But as soon as my brain kinda goes, It's fucking real like if 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 I thought it was real or like, you know, if I'm sitting down what's it fucking um M D Pope fucking dickhead. Uh, oh, yeah. What's his name? Yeah, yeah. Like any of his shit. Like I'd be like, nah, nah. Don't, don't want to watch any of that because it's.
0: Well, you don't want to watch someone vomit violently. <laughs> yeah. Um, for for I, like four hours.
1: No. Oh yeah. Surprisingly not. Yeah, I've done it. I've done a lot of <laughs> vomiting in my life, and I've kind of got it's not fun. Yeah. No. Not really. <laughs> so
3: these, so these cartoons like Go- Scooby Doo and Goober. You weren't actually scared by them at all or was there any fear like excitement, just fun,
1: excitement and fun, but yeah, like no, no fear. No, definitely no fear, but yeah, just, yeah.
3: Any idea what excited you about them?
1: I liked the creativity of like, maybe like how different villains looked. Yeah. I guess it like, it was a very visual thing for me. Like I'm, yeah. And how they looked and different kind of costumes that they would be wearing.
3: Was there anybody in your family who was a horror fan at the time?
1: No, not really. I, I've kind of always been like a little like loner.
3: <laughs> was there anything else that actually scared you as a child? There wasn't that...
1: much that physically scared me. Like I was the type of kid that, um, so like, um, my great grandma, she was, lived in a house which was the caretaker's house on a on a really big old cemetery in Ireland and as a kid like i grew up playing like hide and seek behind the tombstones of like mm. a cemetery so i would like play in the cemetery for like hours and it was a really fucking big old cemetery hey like it was it was massive you know like i always remember my older brother and sister trying to like trying to scare me about it but it just mm. like i think most kids probably would have been a bit scared about it thinking that there's like dead bodies you know under where you're playing and you're you know you're sitting there like having a picnic on someone's grave and stuff like that but i was pretty cool about it i actually really liked it like i was like yeah i'm chilling with like a bunch of dead people underneath me that's cool <laughs> um right? like
0: it's it's just yeah. a cool thing to think about
1: yeah it is it is yeah actually i always remember uh like uh seeing an interview someone was interviewing tim burton and he actually had a really similar story that he played in graveyards when he was a child and i was like that's that's exactly what i did man <laughs>
3: hmm. uh so halloween you mentioned you did participate in halloween in ireland
1: yes i fucking love did you dress halloween. up oh yeah oh my god yeah, so because like as I was saying to you, I've like a brother and sister that are like ten years older than me. Every year, my sister would, you know, uh, do my makeup and organize my costume for me, and like I always felt awesome. like she she went really far out. Like like <laughs> I felt like I was always just that little bit extra than the other kids, which was mm-hmm. super cool. Um,
3: did you have a favorite costume?
1: Yeah, oh, like she did this one year. She did. She made me a witch, but I looked so good. Like. She fucking like got like rice bubbles, and uh, don't know. You call them rice crispies, like cereal, you know, puff okay. rice. And she like uh, glued yeah. them to my fucking nose, um, and like, <clears throat> like, yeah, it's like old school okay. practical effects here. Um, uh-huh. Like she, she glued them to my nose, and like painted my whole face like green, and back combed the shit out of my hair. Like I looked like I'd been <laughs> electrocuted. And um, at the time, I was so up for it. Hey, I was like, I looked so good. Like, I was like, I'm some scary motherfucking witch. And then, like, <laughs> best looking witch
0: in the neighborhood. Uh, what?
1: I totally was, man. I was like queen. <laughs> I was queen witch, and I was so stoked with myself. And all my friends were like, Oh my god, I thought you were like a real witch. And like, I was, I was like, loving it, and then, like, later on that night when we got home, like, after all the trick-or-treating and the bonfire and the eating off the candy, um, mum was like, oh, we need to try to brush your hair out, and oh my <laughs> god, it was, like, the most painful process, like, I had, like, I feel like I've ever gone through in my whole life. I just remember <laughs> screaming so much and being in so much tears, and it felt like, just my whole head. It felt like I had like one giant dreadlock or something in my, like Oof. attached to my head. And it was just, it wasn't wanting to come out. Hey, it was, it was terrible. I was really pissed.
0: Don't they make conditioner like specifically for getting dreads out? I mean, now. But, well, back, they do maybe, now. now. Actually,
1: they do. Cause I did have dreads for like, uh, like a fucking like, oh, like 10 years or something. Hey, I had like dreads. <laughs> Didn't dead. they
3: teach you a lesson? Oh, no, I, I know.
1: And I actually like when I got rid of my dreads, I decided not to fully shave my head, but I cut kind of like shoulder length and I spent 3 weeks combing those fuckers out with the special conditioner, and it did remind me of that it remi- I'm like this is Halloween all over again.
2: <laughs> like
1: just reliving past trauma. But um <laughs> yeah, I'm like why did I do that?
3: Did you have any scary dreams when you were a kid?
1: Fuck. Yeah, I did, but it doesn't make sense why they were scary. You know, those type of dreams, like. Give it to me. Oh, okay. It kind of like two dreams that are kind of next to each other and it's like me starting and I'm like, I go and hide in a closet and then it all goes black and it's like space, like fucking space. And there's all Mm. these like different balls, like different marbles, like different size marbles and it's like uh, there's a finish line, and all these marbles are rolling towards this finish line. I don't know if they actually end up getting to the finish line. I wake up shaking, fucking feverish, and I've had this dream so many damn times, and feeling extremely scared, like extremely scared. There's nothing fucking physically scary about these balls (laughs) of marbles rolling. I have no idea. I would love to know if there's, like, an inner meaning for this dream or something, but, um...
0: Well, the closet going into darkness and then exploding, or, like, expanding into space, that I'll understand. That's all spooky and scary, and I'm sure there's some kind of psychological connection to some Freudian thing there, but, but the marble races... I don't that, know,
1: yeah, I don't know. That's was, where you
0: lose me. Yeah, um, it's,
1: it's very strange, and, yeah, I just, I would always wake up, like, and I would be just covered in sweat and really shaky and just Extremely terrified.
3: So to sum up childhood, um, if we were to ask if horror in your childhood made you happy, um, it sounds like the answer is already yes. As far as why it made you feel happy. Cause it what was do you cool. think?
1: Just because it was like, so visually stimulating. Like I just got mm-hmm. like instant gratification from visually looking at it. Like I was like, yeah, that's cool. <laughs>
0: Yeah, that's one of the things that uh, I, I constantly see come up in the interviews, and I agree with too. Is just like I don't know, maybe people gravitate to horror at a younger age because the art style is just interesting and it has more detail than things that are, are good guyish, for lack of a better term. Yeah, the bad guys always have more detail and they look cooler.
1: And I think, like, also, like,
3: and outlandish, like, it, yeah, not. I don't want to see say violating. In- they break I'm rules. Say that. Well, sort of a shock, shocking kind of way, like shocking and excitement are often tied to each other. And the, the excitement comes from crossing some sort of a boundary that you're not expecting to be crossed. And that doesn't necessarily, you know, as we get older, obviously that turns into other things like, you know, sex or what have you, or crime. But at an early age, there can be different for lack of a better word boundaries or expectations that you know get violated but that can be exciting Mm. um i don't know if that maybe plays into it too or not
1: Uh, i think i think also uh just because like also like when you are at such a young age like like let's say like a drama movies like playing on tv like you know like a five or six year old kid isn't really going to give too much of a shit about like some really kind of in-depth Fucking storyline, like there's nothing visual there to fucking grasp you at that age. You know what I mean? Like whereas fucking like horror, like it's just it's so fucking like oh, there's really cool visual shit. Like even like with like you know PG kind of horror or M, there's still like lots of real and especially back like you know when I was a kid, like you know like in in the early nineties and shit, like there was so much funny, fun, quite funny visual effects happening in like movies and things like that. So it was always Mm. very visual. Yeah, definitely.
3: So let's go into teenage years. What were some of your favorite or scariest stories or books or movies that uh, impacted you during your teenage years?
1: Well, like, yeah, automatically, like when you say teenage years, the first thing that really, got to me as a teenager was like I remember being twelve and um the Blair Witch project like was coming out and like, mm-hmm. you know, we kinda just I think my family just got the internet and so like all these stories were kind of circulating and I was like, I was so stoked for this movie to come mm-hmm. out. I was pumped, you know, and but which was really strange because like it was one of those things, as I said earlier on. Like, usually, I didn't like something if I thought it was real, but I still kind of would watch it and be scared shitless, but also mm-hmm. not not a fan of it. So, like, um, yeah, like all you know, the Blair Witch promotion, and it was like made to be like, you know, there's these three kids, and they went into the fucking woods looking to do this documentary on the witch, and blah, blah, blah. and um, when you started researching it, like on the internet, there was like all. Like, they had gone to the effort of making, like, all these side stories and, like, shit that really quite added up into feeding people to believe that what they were going to watch was fucking going to be real.
0: I think they were one of the first crews or products uh, projects to do, uh like, viral marketing.
1: Yeah, it was of. amazing marketing. Like, like, I know people now think, oh, Blair Witch, really shit film, but I think you kind of had to be, like... At a certain age, at that time, to really kind of grasp how brilliant what they fucking did was, um, mm-hmm. and yeah, so I, I was I was so pumped for this movie to come out. I was constantly on the internet researching like all the different shit about it, and um, it came out. and The first day it came out in Australia. I was yeah, I was thirteen when it came out, and it was it had an MA rating when it the first few. I think it was like the first week that over here um, it was rated M.A. And I had to go... I remember going into the cinema and um, me and my friend were there and we asked some random dude, I'm like, man, can you get, buy us the tickets so we can fucking get in? Because mm-hmm. we couldn't buy the tickets ourselves because we weren't 15. I was so stoked he got us the tickets. We went <laughs> in. Um, we went in and watched the movie. It, it, it actually terrified me quite a bit. I think it was just... Um, it kept me awake yeah. at night a little bit and I
0: at first they got you you know yeah, yeah looking back on it you know it's not real but that, that first watch they got you
1: yeah yeah um yeah it, it fucking got me and I yeah I really had so much appreciation for someone being able to do that um mm-hmm. because like I had never at that age like uh i had never seen a found footage movie before like I'm like trying to think of found footage movies that predated Blair Witch and all I can really think about is like Cannibal Holocaust or um, yeah. you know yeah definitely Blair Witch uh, scared me like um, I watched The Exorcist for the first time I believe when I was like 13 um,
2: mm-hmm.
1: and that that scared me I think it was it was so much like because I'd been brought up in such a strong path- uh, yeah. Catholic country and religion played such a strong part of, of being an Irish person, even though like, you know, I never felt like I really believed in anything. Um
0: but it does that. Like when you're when you're programmed with that at, at an early age, you just you're automatically a little scared of anything yeah, you know, yeah, satanic or, or
1: exactly you're and you're gonna
0: it, go to hell, you know? Yeah,
1: exactly. And it did quite remind me of maybe some stories that you would hear on also on the unsolved mysteries as well. So yeah, that that really did scare me. Um I, I, like, I was very aware that some of the effects were, like, a bit, like, cheesy looking to visually look at. Like, even though they're so fucking amazing, like, you kind of look at her head spinning and you're like, that's a little bit hilarious. You know? Yeah. <laughs> um, it's, I think a little, what, it's
0: a little Chuck E. Cheese animatronic-ish.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think but what really scared me about The Exorcist was, uh, like, her, the bed moving and, like, her mm-hmm. kind of flying up and down on the bed. That's what stained my brain because I would then go to bed and I was like, "Oh, the bed's gonna start moving!" Like, you know, like <laughs> what if the, what if my bed just started like doing that shit? You know, like that's what really kind of I think got to me. But um, but um, yeah, I do think like kids these days, if they watch like The Exorcist, um, if they're not from like a religious background, they might not find it as scary as what I found it um, at that age, but.
0: Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean especially because like the the whole uh crawling down the stairs backwards and upside down thing. Yeah. It's been used in a lot of other movies now. So yeah, if a kid saw the exorcist. And they had already seen things like the conjuring or uh, what was that one with the, the, the skinny man? I don't know. It's been used in a lot of modern horror and they would yeah. probably see that and be like, Oh, this movie's copying that other movie, even though it was made 40 or 50 yeah. years ago. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. No, definitely. <laughs> and I, I, I love that scene like so, so much. And I'm actually, oh, I'm, let's go
3: back to Blair, Witch for a minute, I, you didn't really specify what about it scared you.
1: I feel like because he was like in the corner and he, it wasn't his choice to be in the corner. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like it was like he was
0: Being held against your will. Yeah. He
1: was powerless. Yeah, totally. I think it's the the thing, like you can't control that shit. Like it's not someone that's there and you can fight or try to get your way out of it. It's just, he's mm-hmm. you're there and there's nothing you can do about it. You know what I mean? And and he's waiting because it's the thing, isn't it? It's like, Oh, how was it like that? That the Blair witch that, that, the The dude was it some they put the person in the corner while they killed the other person,
2: mm-hmm.
1: yeah, and so he was just in the corner waiting, and he couldn't move, you know what I mean, so that it's just yeah being powerless and 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 some like invisible entity or something that's making you stay there and be there that you can you can't you can't do anything about that shit, you know you can't just mm. walk out if you wanna walk out like he yeah. I think that's what it is definitely
0: kind of on par with, uh, sleep paralysis.
1: Yes. Yeah. 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 That shit would be fucking terrifying.
0: Yeah. Mm.
1: No. Oh fuck. I hear stories about people who have that and like, I know it's, um, is it like when like your, your brain, your brain wakes up before your body? So your, body's, like that, yeah. Yeah, yeah. your body's still just like, yes. And that's like, even like in, you know, when you wake up and it's, it's not for as long, but it's the really quick and your body kind of just jolts awake sometimes. And, and then that's that happening as well. But yeah, no, oh, I think that would be one of the scariest things to, to have as a problem is, is sleep paralysis. That would be fucked.
3: It, it can be. i yeah. Chris and I have both dealt with it uh, at different points in our life.
1: Oh, not fun, not, man. Not fun. No. All right. <laughs> no, can you take anything right. for it medically or is it just you gotta just fucking deal with it
3: by the time i knew what it was uh it had already passed but there was it was a period in my 20s where i had it happen fairly regularly like maybe once or twice a month for maybe about a year yeah um and, but I didn't know what it was and then it stopped happening. And it was years later that I read about sleep paralysis. I was like, Oh shit. That's what that was. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, Fuck. Not, now I feel better that, you know, it wasn't just me. You know, I thought something weird was going on, but yeah. Um, yeah. So I don't know about Chris, but yeah, like I said, for me, it was, it was already gone by the time I understood what it was.
0: Mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't think I ever had sleep paralysis.
3: No, I thought, Oh, that's right. You've said that you kind of wished that you had had it.
1: Oh, yeah. oh fuck man, what planet are you on? You're like twisted and shit, no? No, <laughs> I, I felt like
0: I was that's know, why he was missing that's why out. he's
3: my co-host.
1: You just you just want to experience a little bit of everything in life. Yeah,
0: yeah I, yeah, I have FOMO of sleep paralysis. <laughs> <laughs>
2: oh. Shucks. What's that like?
0: <laughs> Terrible?
3: Right. <laughs> Ooh, can I have some? <laughs> Okay, so Blair Witch, Exorcist, Stephen King. What else?
1: I kind of. It's funny. I remember being maybe 15 or 16, and it was actually kind of the first movie that I was very critical of. But um, I went to see Cabin Fever um, by Eli Roth. And looking back on it, the movie's actually not bad, right? But when I saw it, Originally in the cinema, it was actually the first movie that I kind of came out, and I was like, oh, I was really critical of it. Like, I was such a fucking asshole. Like, I was, like, being one <laughs> of those dickheads that just kind of whinge about horror. But it's, it's really strange, because everyone really... I feel like everyone really likes that movie. I don't know if that's just me thinking that, but...
3: What didn't you like about it?
1: I didn't like... Uh, it kind of felt like it was like had some weird kind of weird comedy elements, like with the the police. Yeah. The police, yeah. I didn't like the fucking police,
0: man. I the just, police were kind of uh, annoying, just inept, and stupid, and yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, Cabin Fever, I, I think it. I sometimes think it, it feels like it intentionally went that way, just to poke fun at itself and yeah. not be a hundred percent. Fucking Karate Kid Pancakes, all right? It's not a serious movie at times.
1: Yeah, 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 exactly. And I think, like, uh, I think I had kind of just gotten into this mindset at at that age for a while, but I took my gore and, like, things seriously. Like, I just didn't really, like, Eli Roth has, like, a thing where he kind of chucks a little bit of comedy in there. um
3: didn't work for you.
1: It didn't work for me. And then I felt like I was sitting there just criticizing things that I didn't need to criticize about the movie. You know what I mean? So I'm
3: curious, you mentioned it, at least at this point in your life that the quote you used was you were taking your gore seriously. And I'm wondering, <laughs> because you had mentioned, you know, the cartoonish stuff from childhood. Do you remember when there was sort of like a, you know, was there a cut over to where, okay, now you were interested into the gore stuff.
1: The movie, I think that, Kind of clicked me over into also taking horror like on a more serious level. Like, I was like, I don't know, like maybe 12 or maybe 11. But I was like, I'm so like old and sophisticated now that I find, (laughs) I find, I find a psycho, you know, uh, like, like cool. You know, I thought Mm -hmm. like, yeah, I was such like a little fucking hipster or whatever. (laughs) But like, yeah, I, I, I remember just really loving the shower scene and like just how that looking at it and all the shots so quickly and then the blood and i i found it extremely fascinating and um i think like that was uh, chocolate syrup you know yes yeah yeah i yeah. like i have so much appreciation for that movie um yeah, I and I think that's where maybe I kinda clicked over and to be like, no, I've gotta be serious now, and horror is an art form and it's not just <laughs> enjoyment, you know what I mean? <laughs> so maybe it kinda made me become a bit of an asshole. But um <laughs> But yeah.
3: Potentially, I mean it sounded it sounded like eleven or twelve was also around the same time they saw Blair Witch and you guys got the internet and so it, it wouldn't surprise me at all if you read some article somewhere about horror and you know, psycho being like the best horror movie ever type of thing. Yeah. You know, Cause it was, it is number one on a lot of people's lists and have been. For yeah. A long time. that's.
1: Yeah. It, it is funny. Cause I like, you know, when people say, oh, what's your top 10 list? Like I do have a top 10 list and psycho is kind of like always like up there. But at the same time, I actually usually leave it off my top 10 list because I'm like, that's, isn't that just a movie that goes without saying that it's like one of the, the best movies. So I just, I don't know. Yeah. I, I never actually put it on my top 10 list, even though it is like, Definitely probably number one. Um.
3: Um, so, without going through the list uh, and discussing them, give me the. You mentioned you have a top 10 list. Do you know them offhand?
1: Like, I always put Reanimator as my number one. Mm-hmm. Like, Reanimator is my everything, it's perfection. It's. It is. It's just so It is It has everything. Yeah, it's
3: got romance. It's got comedy. Hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. We'll talk about them in a minute. Just give me the list. <laughs>
1: okay, okay, okay. okay. Uh, so, definitely uh, Reanimator. And then, um, like, Psycho is not on the list, but it's on the list. Do you know what I mean? So, that's yes. not in my top 10, like, as I said before. Okay, and then I've got to go um, Human Centipede 2. I know. Okay. So many people are like, oh fuck off, you're not even like a real. like, you know. <laughs> no, I agree uh, with you on that one. That I, was the best yeah, one. Yeah, loved it. Um okay, uh you know, I think uh Maniac, the original maniac, um mm-hmm. The Thing, um mm-hmm. Martyrs, the original Martyrs, obviously. I'm like
2: not the remake?
1: Oh, oh, I mean, the remake was fabulous, right?
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: and they totally needed to remake it, too, because, you know, just... Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah.
0: Um, it had only been made, like, five years ago. you know. Was...
1: I know. I always say I feel like, you know, I don't mind remakes, but I feel like there needs to be, like, a 20-year gap between the original and a remake.
0: There does. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, I'm sorry. We're getting I, on tangents yeah, again. Sorry, I think we're yeah, at five.
1: Okay, five. Tokyo Gore Police. Love it. Nice. Um, Massive fan. Um trying to think oh god I'm like i'm under pressure now um
3: <laughs> you don't yeah. have to make it 10 i mean it, yeah that, that's a good list
1: yeah, yeah. uh like I've, i i'm under pressure i'm like a little i'm like kind of turned around i'm looking at all my details no, now like what that, is my favorite um those, oh.
3: that's a good list
1: yeah I, I, i'll i'll chuck in um father's day from uh astron six crew there as well because okay. I, I fucking love astron six like so much so Yeah, you can probably see I really love, yeah, like, body horror and gore, but, like, also quirky, like, quirky shit, um, like, like, movies, like, like, kind of Catsick Blues is like, it's not in my top ten, but I'm just looking at it now, and it's, like, reminded me, I gotta mention Catsick Blues, um, but it's, it's, it's it's very close to my top ten, but, like, yeah, I just like obscure Movies that people probably you know I feel like people might put Reanimator and the King in their top ten, but, yeah, like i I like a lot of my favorite movies are probably movies that people wouldn't put in their top fifty. You know what I mean? I feel like? I don't mm-hmm.
3: know. Mm. yeah. So next thing I wanted to do was go back through the list and then write down how old you were when you saw these, and then I'll split them up between teenage and adult and put them in different sections wow. and we can talk about them like that. Oh,
1: that, so, that's intense. Okay. Let's do it.
3: <laughs> <laughs> how old were you when you saw Reanimator?
1: Oh, I, reckon, I reckon I was actually quite old. I reckon I was like uh, 20. I reckon I got, um, mm-hmm. I I remember the first time I saw Reanimator, it was like a double feature in an art gallery in Brisbane and I got <laughs> tickets for me and my partner and we went and saw The Fly and Reanimator as like a double feature and it was amazing. Well that
0: sounds lovely. It was so good. Yeah. <laughs> <a> good date. Right?
1: <laughs> it was a tiny little cinema and it was really cool because there was I really felt like there was just like some really cool art nerds, art horror nerds there. And, you know, like everyone was laughing at the, at, at like certain bits and stuff. And it just felt very like, um, it made me feel like, like nice and warm it's and like catching a concert
3: in a, in a small venue.
1: Yeah. It made me feel like part of like a, like a bigger picture of like, I'm like, oh that's, that's nice. That's what horror is. And it's like such a community thing. And, you know, yeah, I was just extremely blown away by it, though. Like, I was like, as um, I think it was Chris said before, like it has mm. it, it has everything. Like, it has so much mm. good um, effects and and blood and gore, and it has some great comedy in there. Like, I mean, the scene with the um, the head about to give head, um,
2: <laughs> the head about to give
1: head. Yeah, like, I mean, that's that's definitely, like, the best scene, like, in a fucking movie. Um, yeah, and uh, as I said, the head giving head, and I'm sitting here in my living room just actually looking at my headless mask. I have to put headless in my top <clears> 10. <throat> um, that, that's the classic. Um, but, yeah. So, uh, yeah, 20. I was 20 when I... I around 20, I think, when I saw it Reanimated for the first time. Too late, man.
3: Maniac, adult, or teenager?
1: Oh, late, late teens... Yeah, late teens. And right. I was like it was seedy. I really enjoyed the seediness, like, um kind of sleazy. What do you mean? Like sle- the sleaziness, like I felt like it was like Right.
3: But I mean what did you like about that? Was it sexy? I mean, Yeah, what-
1: yeah, it fucking was, hey. Yeah. Okay. <laughs>
3: what parts of the what parts of the seediness were attractive to you? That's let's put it that way.
1: I don't know. It's just like it's a feeling, you can't explain it. I don't know. Like I didn't everyone find that kind (laughs) of like sexy. I mean, like, I I feel like people are in denial if they're denying that, that, you know, you know, (laughs) (laughs) to,
3: to explain a little bit, Chris is the horror fan, but I, I'm not really a big horror fan. So most of the stuff you guys are talking about, I have not seen. So I don't
1: really, oh, okay. Well, I think he, I. You you need to, oh man like you know I, do you know <laughs> well now? it's kind of
3: an, it's kind of an intentional th- choice because the important thing is for me to understand to try to dig at what it is that you liked about it yeah. and if I were to go watch these movies then I'd have my own interpretations of them which doesn't necessarily help me understand what you liked about them
1: yeah yeah true true well I really feel like you know now I'm gonna be bugging you to like watch all these movies You're Like, I try. yeah I'll, I'll be like steve have you fucking seen this get the fuck onto it man like okay so like, <laughs> i feel like so like uh it was kind of like so maniac um and then in relation to like movies like headless which um you probably haven't seen steve i don't know if you've seen no. headless chris have you seen headless
0: I have seen and, uh, dressed up as headless at a couple of conventions oh, now.
1: Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, cause you, cause I have the headless I even had my well. own severed
0: head prop that I went around fucking, oh. it, was, it was great.
1: Yeah, so, like, in, in that extent, like, headless is, for me, kinda a little bit connected to maniac, like, in that kinda, yeah. like, it's, it's sexualized gore kinda thing, and, um, yeah, like. Also, they both kinda have cool.
0: that personality of, like, Leatherface, like, like they try to fit in, but it doesn't work. Yeah. So they get upset and throw a tantrum. Like I see that a lot in, in horror movie. Like, ones.
1: Yeah. Slightly autistic or something like that. Maybe like, uh, yeah, I, I, I get the aut- autism vibes from them a bit. Hey.
0: On the spectrum somewhere. Probably. Yeah.
3: Or at least that was the explanation they were giving.
1: Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
3: So what did you like about the thing?
1: Oh, well, I mean, like, I think that's pretty obvious. Like, uh, the special effects, body like work. that, that, that whole, yeah, body horror. That, well, just the whole scene. You know, the. Uh, you, I'm assuming, Steve, you have you've seen the thing.
2: Hmm.
3: I think a long time ago, oh, long enough that I don't remember.
0: Jesus. I mean, this is, this is John Carpenter. We're talking oh, about here.
2: It doesn't <laughs> have to be
0: a horror movie <laughs> yeah. or you don't have to be a horror I, fan I, to watch the thing. Cause it's the it's, same guy it's who not did a horror movie thing. Dance. It's
3: I, I don't really like movies, period. It's not a horror nah. thing. It's
1: You're crazy. I just, That's so
3: weird. I, I really was raised with, um, a, my, my grandmother was very, uh, like a, very efficient and always doing something. And I don't know. I just, I, I, and the other part of it too, is I'm also, I have a very high bar for art Mm. um, and writing and stuff like that. And I, I just, I hate feeling like I got up and wasted two hours of my life watching something that I didn't like. And the problem is that even if there are movies out there that I would like, if I don't know that I'm going to like them, then I go into it with that fear of I'm not going to like this. Yeah. So it, right sometimes it ends up ruining the experience for me so I, I just avoid the whole thing to get it all together but
2: See, I, it's
3: not a horror thing it's yeah,
1: just, I, that's I, me. I like i okay. I get that with like other genres but like actually with horror like i I have a, a thing that like you know when people like are on facebook are like ah oh, has anyone seen like the new fucking I'm just gonna pick it name of a movie the New Conjuring is it worth watching? I'm like, fuck, man. Like, half the people are gonna say yes. Half the people are gonna say no. Just fucking watch it. Get the fuck over right. it. Like, I never, I never actually like. Even if I hate a horror movie, like, if I if I don't rate it at all, I still feel like I've gained a lot from watching it. But back to the thing, like, I mean, there's there's like one specific scene where there's like you know a fucking body. On, on a table, and they're, like, uh, trying to do the... It's not uh, CPR. they got the fucking things, and they smash through the stomach, man. And it's, like, just the special effects, and this whole scene is just, like, wild.
0: like Shock and awe, I would say, because I also want to add that it's, it's, like, it's an escalating avalanche of what the fuck, because, I mean, first, it's known that there are duplicate people in yes. the story at this point, but you're not expecting it just yet. Some guys uh you know unconscious they they go to defibrillate defibrillate him and and the chest opens up with fucking teeth eats the guy's hands who's defibrillating him so then <laughs> explodes into the ceiling with some large just pillar of body horror this alien stuff and then the head flies off that the head splits off and grows spider legs it's just it's it's multiple what the fuck then what the fuck then what the fuck then yeah. what the fuck and then oh my god okay now it's on fire okay so it's just, yeah, it's, it's, a uh, it's so good. It like even, even just levels. you
1: explaining it is just like, I've got this massive <laughs> smile on my face going, yeah, that's what happened.
3: <laughs> and it's to clear just- the air. I think I did see this one. It's just been so long that I don't remember much of
1: it.
2: Yeah.
3: yeah. Um, I I'm pretty sure I saw this in high school. I was probably flipping through channels and I didn't know what it was. And I just started watching it and I was like, oh yeah. Okay. Yeah.
2: <laughs> very, um, very good
3: by your teenage years, did you have any friends or family member family members that were also fans of horror that you were starting to share this with or no?
1: Uh, no. Oh, okay. I did. I guess, um, my older sister, um, kind of, you know, I wouldn't say she's like massive horror fan, but like we you know she'd take me to the cinema and like
3: keeping you company.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, I, I would, I would watch horror with her and, um,
3: any teasing going on between different people that, you know, like we're talking about positive stuff. What about negative stuff?
1: Yeah, no, not really. I like, cause in, a, like when I first started high school, like I, I got, uh, went from moving from Ireland to Australia and then I went to high school and my parents fucking made me go into an all-girls Catholic school. I mean, you'd only had
3: good experiences with, with nuns so far. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> right?
1: exactly, exactly. Did you really yeah.
0: have any good experiences with nuns ever? I mean, but don't I, ask.
1: I I, I kind of just kept to myself. Like, I kind of had one really close friend, and I kind of felt like I was better than everyone else. <laughs> like, I don't know if that was, like, uh, like I just, because I was such, like, my own person I kinda looked at everyone as like they're all fucking dumbass teeny boppers who are like just really mainstream type of people, you know what I mean? And I just mm, felt like normies. Yeah, so I like I kinda felt like I didn't really care if like what other people thought. I, I like I really just kinda tuned out and I was just in my own little I do what I fucking want and I don't like I because I, I really quite went really rebellious as soon as I hit high school, like Um, as
0: one does at that age
1: yeah i like i think i held a lot of shit like against my parents for like because when we moved to australia i had one really good friend and she was going to a certain high school and instead i wanted to go to that high school but my parents were like no 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 we're gonna separate you from the one friend that you've made after moving you know hundreds of kilometers across the the world and we're gonna put you into this other high school because it's Irish and it's Catholic. And so like I lost friendship with her and I think I just really resented that. I held it back and I instantly was like, you know, got really quite rebellious and um, I just didn't give a shit about anyone.
3: It's kind of funny because the next question I was going to ask, uh, I didn't think they were related, but they kind of almost feel like they are now. Um, I was going to ask, did anything scary happen in your teenage years that, uh you know, maybe introduced some new fears or traumas and that almost sounds like it. Yeah, like
1: separation um, anxiety. Um, yeah.
3: um any other issues come up do you think? Oh yeah, well, probably. <laughs> a lot of the questions that we ask, they're not necessarily going to have an answer for you. It's just we have a bunch of questions to ask because you never know when when something's going to hit or when it's not. Yeah,
2: yeah. So,
3: so if I ask a question and the answer is no, just say no. I mean, <laughs> don't yeah, worry about. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. No, yeah. like I don't like the, there is something that I probably like not discuss.
3: Um, well, yeah. There's one thing I, I was thinking about uh, and may not really come up until adult years. And I normally probably wouldn't have asked this except for the fact that I have seen your pictures, but I'm curious. I'm wondering if this then somehow ties into the body modification.
1: Yeah. Um. I don't, or I don't.
3: Did that not come until later? No,
1: no. See, when I was really little and I was in my Scooby-Doo goober and the ghost chases phase, um,
2: mm-hmm.
1: I loved like cuz i i really looked up to my brother and sister which i've mentioned a few times um in this mm-hmm. show and they were like 10 years older than me i loved uh watching M- like MTV and watching like uh, bands and i loved anyone that looked alternative and anyone with mm-hmm. piercings i loved um what's his name is it keith flint from the prodigy yes
3: that's um, kind of what yeah. I thought you were going to say. Yeah.
1: <laughs> so he especially was- as soon
3: as you brought up MTV, I'm like, oh, I know where that's going. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So
1: I I really love people with mohawks. I loved the septum piercing, especially back then. Like, now it's quite a, a very, very fucking common piercing. But back then, that was like, you know, people be like, you look like a bull or... You know, like, <laughs> they would say things, but I was just, I would look at these people, and I always knew from when I was, like, five, I'm like, when I grow up, I want, like, a fucking colorful mohawk, I want lots of piercings, and I want tattoos, like, I i just knew that's what I wanted, and it was like, in my teens, my parents were like, you know, my dad was very anti-piercing, and anti-tattoo, um, like they were like put up with me dressing like a fucking clown. <laughs> um, yeah, they're like, oh, she's just like like alternative or whatever. But um, like, yeah, as but as long as you haven't
0: permanently changed your body at all, you know thy body is a temple and all.
1: Yeah, exactly, exactly. But like, uh once I turned, Until... yeah, once once, once <laughs> I turned eighteen and I could legally do what the fuck I wanted. Um, you,
3: you know, know if, you, if you talk about or do any reading about. Um early childhood development, there are phases that kids go through and there's typically one, one phase where they want to identify with their parents and they like the same thing as their parents. And you know, there's, there's a community and, and, and mm-hmm. their, their identity is wrapped up with the same things as their parents. And then at a certain point, usually in the teenage years, there comes a secondary phase where they now, kids now want to identify themselves as different in such a way that and and then then the challenge becomes okay how do I how do I find a way to identify myself as being different at the same time as yet maintaining this other way of identifying with the the family or the community Mm. or whatever group and so it sounds like and you, you wouldn't be the first person, but it sounds like you maybe started keying into that other desire much younger. Uh, Cause it sounds like you said like five.
1: Yeah. Like really young, like even three. I have like, I, I, I would have it somewhere. Like I'm fucking like VHS, like home recording off like, like, my, my sister, like, teaching me to, like, headbang, like, full, like, metal, <laughs> like, and I, like, I used to have, like, Guns N' Roses leather jacket that my brother bought me, and, like, Guns N' Roses t-shirts. Like, I think because, I think I feel like I skipped out on the stage of copying, like, or, like, trying to identify um, with my parents because I had siblings that were a big gap of being 10 years older than me. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like... Like uh, a lot of people might have siblings that are like, you know, maybe five years older than them or, you know, whatever. They're not like, so it was kind of like my, my siblings were already established people and they, when I was impressionable, they were going through their rebellious stage and I looked up. Mm -hmm.
3: No, I mean, that makes sense because typically, you know, any fear or desire really kind of boils down to those two things. Is it, is it something that's, pushing you away from something or is it something that's pulling you towards something? And in this case, it sounds less like, although it might be a mixture of both, you can tell me if I'm wrong, but it sounds like it's less, less that you were trying to differentiate yourselves from or yourself, from your parents more and, and more that you were attracted to identifying with what your siblings were doing.
1: Yeah, definitely. A hundred percent. Like I thought they were really
3: yeah. cool. I'm wondering, because you mentioned that that was maybe around five years old and Scooby-Doo and you drawing, I'm wondering which one came first.
1: Oh, uh, I used to draw, um, a punk, like, a uh, before, like I used probably drawing, like I was always drawing. I used to, like, my dad said, like, like before I could even write, when I started writing like letters, I used to write, um, Back the
0: front. Like chunky letters, like uh, oh like, no, like just graffiti. like writing
1: my name as a child. When I started writing, I used to write back the front. So
3: uh-huh.
1: from, instead of from left to right, I would, left-handed. I would write yeah. from yeah, I'm left-handed. I would write from uh-huh. right to left, but also like the physical word would be backwards. Yep. Yeah,
0: my sister is left-handed and did the same exact thing. It's because. I think it's because you mimic other kids writing from in to out. Yeah. So if they're right handed, they write from left to right, but it's in to out. So you yeah, write image. from in to out, which is yeah. right to left. Yeah.
1: So like even That's funny. Yeah, yeah. Even before I started doing that, like before I started writing, I was always drawing and cutting. I would love folding up paper and cutting out shapes. Like my dad was like, you were two and you would be able to cut out like fucking like a thing and pull it out and it'd be like a thing of elephants, like all connected Mm -hmm. to each other and shit. So, uh, like drawing. And I, uh, one of the first things I loved drawing was I used to draw this punk. It it kind of looked like Homer Simpson with a mohawk and a nose piercing (laughs) and a cigarette. I I always used to put a (laughs) cigarette in his mouth for some reason.
3: So I wonder if you were first interested in maybe, you know, admiring your siblings and then got into the music and, you know, like you say, maybe punk and, and from there, maybe, you know, the horror monsters were in the same vein of being different. Yeah, Uh,
1: definitely. Mm -hmm. Yeah, totally. A hundred percent. Yeah.
3: So for the teens, if we were to ask, did horror in your teens make you happy again? The answer is yes, but it's starting to change in terms of what made you happy about it. Um, it went from being the cartoonish stuff to now being into the gore and the body horror. Mm. We've already talked about a couple of the movies that you liked as an as adults. So let's jump down to asking some of the same questions that we just asked about your teenagers, but now we'll, we'll ask about adult years. Um, did you, have you had any thing happen as an adult? That's been really terrifying.
1: Well, I suffer really bad anxiety. So I don't know if you know that Chris, um, cause I, I haven't been friends with Steve. For too long, but I write about my anxiety sometimes on Facebook, but, uh, Mm -hmm. like, I suffer I don't don't know, I wouldn't necessarily call it social anxiety, because it's not necessarily um, anxiety from people, but it's I don't, um, I get panic attacks um, Mm -hmm. when I leave the house. So, um, there was like, there was a whole year where I couldn't leave the house at all. I literally couldn't walk from my front door to like my post box, like three or four meters away to get mail. Because
3: as soon Does as it, re- sorry, remind me, is it agoraphobia? Yeah. Yeah. It
1: yeah, weird. yeah, yeah. So, um, like I suffered that really bad for like a whole year and, uh, I, I had a kid at that stage as well. And I was with, uh, Troy, my partner, who's with me, still with me now. We've been together nearly 17 years. But he stood by me, and like I was like, I don't know how to deal with this because I couldn't go out to a restaurant. I couldn't go grocery shopping. I couldn't. I couldn't go into any shopping center. Like I would freak out. Like if I tr- I tried, and I'd get in the car and I'd be very anxious in the car. But then if we were, went into a big like a uh, shopping mall, what you call them in in America, probably instead of shopping center, but. Uh, like, I'd be like, if I didn't get, if, if he didn't get a car park, if he didn't park the car, like within like 10 meters off the entry to the shopping mall, I would freak out. And I was like, can't do it. Can't do it.
3: Were you okay in the shopping mall? No, like was it just the outdoors. No,
1: no. I couldn't in the shopping mall. It's like, if the floor is shiny in the shopping mm-hmm. center, and the LED lights reflect that, and then I'm walking, and it's rows off the lights, and it's like, boom, 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 boom. It feels like strobe lights coming at me. There's, like, all the noise swirling around me, and there's kids throwing fucking tantrums.
3: You know? So, like, sensory overload? Yeah,
1: I get mega sensory overload, and then I freak out, and I have to leave. So, like, I was so bad for, like, a year that I, I couldn't leave my house. Like, I couldn't take my daughter to school which was not very far away my mum had to take her to school and pick her up in the afternoons um like so much like that but i ended up getting help and getting um getting some medication and like yeah it changed my life like a Just before kind of COVID hit, like in
3: 2019. (laughs) And now you're stuck inside anyway. Uh, Before
1: COVID hit um, in 2019, like December of 2019, we went to uh, Japan for a few weeks. And that was something I never thought I would ever be able to do in my whole life. I never thought I'd be able to travel overseas. Like, you know, I can't catch a bus by myself. Like, I still can't catch a bus by myself. Um,
3: So wait a minute, just... You hadn't mentioned agoraphobia until an, being an adult. Yeah. When you say you, you never thought you'd be able to go to, to, to Japan. Um, as an adult. Yeah. Okay. So since from the time that agora I just wanted to clarify that it had not. Yeah, started yeah, no, earlier. No, no.
1: yeah. Cause it started probably around, um, when I, when I stopped smoking weed, actually, yeah, mm. I started uh. getting, I went from being really depressed to being really anxious. Um, so like, okay. and I was like yeah, makes sense. trading one, yeah, t- like literally trading one chemical imbalance for another or whatever, or, like trading one, mm. um, mental health issue for another. And at the time I was like, well, you know, uh, being anxious was better than being depressed, but then being anxious took over like so bad. Um, mm. But once my anxiety hit and I couldn't leave the house, I literally went from being really underweight, I was like 45 kilos, I don't know what that is in pounds, fucking like 80 kilos in a year, just boom, because I wasn't doing anything, I couldn't leave the fucking house, I got really fucking sick and started losing a lot of weight really quick and I thought that was because I had gone to an effort to stop smoking cigarettes and I was exercising and i was like this is great i'm losing weight but it turned out i had um type 1 diabetes which isn't the overweight kind of diabetes it's not because i trash my body is literally the genetic one that it like had laid dormant in my system from when i was like fucking born like i was always going to get it yeah. and it just Boo. it just kind of triggered off and i went to the doctors and i was like having stomach pains and i was like you know, I want to know, I think I might be gluten intolerant. I thought I was gluten intolerant. And then she did blood tests, came back, and she's like, oh, you need to go to, like, the intensive care unit, like, now. And I was like, why? And she's like, you've got type 1 diabetes, and you're lucky you're not dead right now. And I was like...
0: It's usually how it happens.
1: Yeah, yeah. It was very scary. And um, so since then, like, that actually kind of helped my anxiety slightly because...
3: <laughs> um, Gave you a bigger thing to worry about.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, exactly. Like, cause I have to test my blood all the time. So, like, if I'm out, an anxiety attack feels very similar to low blood sugar. So, um, if I'm out and I feel shaky, like I'm having an anxiety attack, and I test my blood and I'm my blood's normal, I'm like, oh, it's okay. I'm not dying. <laughs> So it kind of just anxious I'm just anxious, and just anxious. So reassurance. Yeah. yeah. And then if I test my blood and I am going low, it's like, oh, it's okay. It's not anxiety. I just need to fucking eat some sugar or have some juice. So it actually mm-hmm. kind of weirdly did help my anxiety a bit. Um,
3: Typically, and this is not just anxiety, but a lot of different mental illnesses, you know, being able to put a frame around it and having some perspective on it often does help help one deal with it because once you're able to put the frame around it and have the perspective on it, then you go, Oh, well, you know, now, now I know what it is. Now I know how to deal with it.
2: Mm. Um,
3: Of course not being able to deal with it is sometimes a challenge, but it's easier when you can identify it.
1: Yeah. Um, Yeah, exactly.
3: uh, Normally, the follow up question to you know asking if there was something that terrified you as a kid, the follow up question would be, Did that affect your life in any way? I mean, obviously, having diabetes does affect your life, and the fact that you have to, uh, you know, take care of the insulin and things, things like that. But mm. I mean, psychologically, actually, you did say sort of helped the agoraphobia, but so it, it oddly, I think you might be the first person that we can say, Uh, it made your life better,
1: uh, like, yeah, maybe uh, potentially like mentally, uh, like to an extent, like it's, it's still like, it's such a fucking battle. Like literally, yeah, it's, it's <laughs> so to an extent. I was going to laugh cause yeah. it would
3: make the joke. You're still fucking crazy, but yeah. You
1: know. yeah, no, I still have really fucked up anxiety. Like I can't, like, I can't go out and get a job. Like, you know, I have mm. to work from home and stuff like that and I can't drive, I've never driven a car.
3: So these next two questions are looking back over your entire life and they're not just about horror, but in general.
0: Yeah, I think you already answered.
3: Uh, we'll ask anyway, uh, going to give you both the same, the, go, both of the questions at the same time, because the answer could be the same or they could be different. Um, so the first question is what is your favorite movie? And the second question is what movie have you watched more times than any other?
1: Okay. Well, yeah, I'll answer the second one first. I definitely have seen psycho. Like I think the most times um than any other movie, I believe. That's definitely the one I've seen mm-hmm. most. Um for obvious reasons. Beautiful masterpiece. I love it. Um uh favorite movie. Yeah, it's gotta be reanimated. man. It's gotta be reanimated. I'll have so much okay. love for that movie.
3: Basically there's like two or three things that are have been popping up uh as, you know, reoccurring themes. Um one is power, um and empowerment or lack of power. Yes. Is, you know, a fear one is, um, you know, the, the desire of wanting to be this alternative, different, um, being different. in general. Yeah. There's a word that am is escaping me at the moment. Though. I'm trying to unique
1: eccentric. Maybe.
3: maybe,
2: maybe, um,
3: the, the desire for, I guess what they had kind of thing. Mm,
2: mm-hmm
3: and then it kind of taking this turn into what wound up being interest in horror, which may be tied to the, the power element as well as other things. I mean, it, it does tie into your artistic enjoyment of a number of different things. You know, some of the next questions relate to saying, okay, if those are the things that are important to you, then why horror? Is it not possible to find those kinds of, Things in other genres.
1: Ah, uh, you know, I don't think so. Like, you know, I fucking look at like if I was to sit down and watch a comedy movie. Like, I feel like women are always portrayed as like objects, which they are in horror as well, and they can be portrayed as ditzy in horror as well. But uh, like in horror, it's always like they end up having substance. You know what I mean? In the long term, You're like at kind of maybe at the start like the final girl like oh she's just a dumbass bitch but then oh no she's not (laughs) you know whereas I feel like in
0: now she's a badass bitch with a battle axe yeah
1: yeah yeah um I feel like um in like probably like okay I'm not really want to get into fucking Marvel movies or like you know uh, that style of like Marvel DC there's probably a lot of fucking characters in those movies that I would really like as well but I just have a thing against. (laughs) I have a thing against Marvel movies because I believe that they're made for people to like them, and that's why I don't want to watch them because I know I like them and I don't want to like them. They're a little pandering. Yeah, you know what I mean. But
3: um, well, it's kind of funny that you brought that up because that's actually the first thing I thought of was comic books. Um, Although the difference here is that you're talking about the movies, which yes, are definitely made to cater to the widest audience possible. But when I think about comic books, particularly indie comics, um, you know, there's a huge range of, of styles and genres and things like that. Now I'm, I'm thinking to myself, okay, well, maybe it's just a matter of what she got introduced to first. Um, You know, it, it may have just been, okay, you got introduced to horror cartoons instead of, uh, comic book.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Might
3: just be luck of the draw.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Very true. Oh yeah. I'd never... Unless
3: there's some other reason that you think that you're more interested in horror than some other genre.
1: Um, well, I just feel like, uh, so now, like, I feel like you're not going to see like a comic book movie. That's really low budget.
3: Well, I think that's, that might be true in the, um, in the migrating it from the comic to a movie because making a movie requires a lot of money. And of course the people who want to put that money in want to get paid. So, you know, they have their, their stipulations, but like just in terms of being, for example, a comic book artist and drawing an indie comic, um, Like that's, that's the first thing that came to mind to me as being an alternative to, to exploring the things that you're talking about. Yeah.
1: I, I, Um, I like, I never really got, uh, introduced to comics, like at all growing up, uh, I, as an adult, I've bought, um, a very few comics. I literally got um, just a bunch of kind of like Texas Chainsaw Massacre comics because I saw someone selling them on fucking eBay and I was like, Oh, that'd be cool to have. have Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, and there's actually some reanimator ones as well, which I wouldn't mind getting. But, um, like, I, and that was more so, like, you know, if Tomorrow came and like, I, like, my comics got ruined, I wouldn't be overly giving a shit about it. Like, um, so I really got into a TV show called Preacher, I don't know if you've seen that, but, um, mm-hmm. and oh, yeah, I learned... Of
0: it. Yeah, and the comic is awesome.
1: Yeah, and I learned that it was a comic, so like, after watching it, I went and got, uh, some of the comics, and I was Oh yeah, that's really cool, and I love watching it and looking at the art. But I just I was never really introduced to like uh, any form of comics um, growing up.
3: That caught your fancy.
1: I I never read a comic until I was an adult, like ever. Oh,
2: really?
1: Yeah, yeah, I like not that. Like I might have got like a fucking um, Simpsons, you know, like a Simpsons little comic book at some point when I was a kid, but I think that was about it.
3: Uh, last question, considering the theme of the podcast, is there anything relevant that you're aware of that we haven't asked about?
1: Jesus, that's really, I feel like that's really broad. Um.
3: <laughs> well, it is, yeah. it is, but yeah, yeah. actually we really so. Say
1: um,
3: yeah, did we miss anything?
1: I don't think so. I don't think so. Oh, I'm not Not really, no. I don't think so. Um,
3: no is an acceptable answer.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah I, I, I don't know. I guess I could just say, like, yeah, I, I feel like... Um, A lot of people who don't like horror don't understand the art behind horror and how it's made and that is like a massive part of what I love about horror and what like what how horror makes me happy is the art because it's it's art. There's you don't get any other genre in film or T V that has so much need for artists, you know, and having to Problem solve like you know how are you gonna fucking make this chick look like her head's been cut off in one shot and make it all fluid and the blood to come at the right time and things to fall in the right place. You know, I you don't get that in other genres of, of film. You know what I mean? Like,
3: I I get that, but I would say even in your case, I I understand that you started drawing at a very early age, but I would argue that the artistic element is secondary to the emotional content. And it's really the thing that I think a lot of people don't understand in mainstream culture, at least about horror fans is the emotional connection. And, Mm. you know, that's what we try to explore in the show is what's the emotional connection when, why is it there? And in your case, you know, when we're talking about, for example, you know, your love of your older brother and sister and the music that they liked and, you know, going into that direction and the punk and then tying that in with your experience with the cartoons and that, and the monsters there being wild and crazy and different and kind of going off in that direction Mm. to me, that really sounds like that was the Genesis of it for you. And then this, the art part of it came secondary to it and, and expanded it. Yeah. And it's definitely a part of it, but I feel like, like the heart of it was was what we just talked about
1: yeah yeah no probably i think they like they both kind of yeah complemented each other and like you know
3: like uh it definitely grew into the art part of it yeah sure you know And, and as you become more of an adult and your art how can i say this as you get to be a better artist then the artistic parts of it become more important to you you know yes. I mean?
1: Yeah, no, definitely, definitely true. Like I've become so much more like critical or shit. <laughs> you, you become so much more of an asshole about, yeah. About things. <laughs>
3: but I think a lot of that still ties back to the emotional part of it because you want to feel that emotion. Yeah. You know what I mean? And if it doesn't give you that emotion, then you're going to disagree with
2: it. Yeah.
1: Yeah, exactly. Exactly. A hundred percent
3: give a little background. When I was in college, uh, we, there was like a, I had a two or three hour break in between classes. And so I would go to the student lounge and they had two pool tables, there, billiard tables that we play shoot pool on. Mm-hmm. And because I had, I think it was like even one or two semesters where I had this two hour break, I got fairly good at it because I was playing it almost every day and I, I got to a point where I realized that when you're very good, not just at, at pool or billiards, but probably everything in life, once you get to a certain point. It's no longer about making mistakes, or it's not about how good you are. It's about how few mistakes you make. Yeah. First of all. Oh
1: yeah. <laughs> and then the
3: second part of it, the second part of it is when it comes to art, you there is no there are no mistakes in art. Mm-hmm. So what's a mistake in art? A mistake in art is choosing something differently than what someone else might have chose. Yeah. So when to me when somebody says somebody's the best artist of all time in some genre. To me, all that says is no, that artist just made all the same choices you would have made.
1: Yes. Yeah. Yeah, no, definitely. And I what? disagree.
3: There of course mistakes. you would. Well,
1: if, like, um. Eh.
0: What if you, you know, you intended to draw a line in a certain direction and you went the wrong direction, you gotta get out your racer, man. That's, but that's I, I think that, that that's up.
1: like a conflict between the artist and what they are physically doing. Like, because when I draw, I will make mistakes, but. To mm-hmm. other people, they aren't mistakes. I haven't pointed my fucking mistake out. Like, it's not like, right. like, I'm like, oh, like, so it might be like, oh, originally I was going to draw, like, um the mat, uh, the eyeball like this, but instead I ended up drawing it like that because I did something and I wasn't happy with it, so I changed it. But right,
3: and person, but the point is, you could change it, or you could decide, no, I'm gonna go in this direction, yeah. and I'm gonna leave it like that. And at that point, it then becomes the choice. And the the thing is, is the person viewing it feeling that you made the right choice, they, or the they, same choice yeah. they would have made? They
1: they but like They don't, they don't know that I made any choices. You know what I mean? Like well, in relation too. to that, because I like hide my mistakes.
2: <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah. But like, yeah, What a mis- what is a mistake to someone might not be a mistake to someone else, you know what
3: yeah. I mean? Um, and, and, but the, but the point of it goes back to the emotion that it, it evokes. And if, if a person, if an artist makes the right choices or the choices that, that you would have made the, you know, then you get the emotional connection.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Hopefully. Yeah. Yeah. No, well, yeah. Very true.
3: Well, thank you for your time. You know what? We never, we s- totally skipped the part where we ask if you wanted to pitch anything. Oh my God. Oh
1: my God. Is, is it this like good? my pitch <laughs> right now? Okay. Um, it is. yeah. Fucking silent goat. And, Sorry. 100%. Oh yeah. We
3: did talk about that. I think Yeah, Yeah.
1: Just check out silent goat on Instagram. Um, I think it's silent goat art. Um, there is, like, pictures of my art, and then people are wearing my art as clothes, because I put my art on clothes, and sometimes I sell prints, and I also take custom art commissions if someone wants me to draw something that's up my alley, and you want, like, a band cover or just some fucking cool art. I design some tattoos for some people and stuff, and they pay me, and um, I do that. Um, and, yeah, that's what I cool. do. And, Yeah. <laughs> And it's all creepy. It really it's all cool it's thing. all psychedelic yeah. and bright and creepy mm. and um yeah weird strange stuff.
3: Yeah, yeah. I was gonna say some of the interesting things that I noticed. It was like a mix of um, I want to say either Cheshire Cat and and or um, Lovecraftian type stuff like Cthulhu. Yeah, but in neon colors.
1: Yeah, I, I definitely. I love, like, uh, like tentacles. I love tentacles and, and, like, yeah, melty things. And, yeah, but also, like...
3: Which is definitely a different take on it. I, I never would have thought of that had I not seen that.
1: Yeah,
3: I love it. <laughs> it's like a triple ring.
1: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Actually,
3: Sorry, I do. you know what? I just thought of another way to put this, too. It's also, like, Cthulhu mixed with Candy
0: Kid.
2: Yes! Yeah! Mm. <laughs>
0: It kind of is. Yeah. yeah. I like candy that. Candy Kid Raver.
1: Yeah, I like that mm-hmm. a lot.
0: <laughs> oh my god, now I'm just picturing Cthulhu with fucking wrist to elbow
1: candy. <laughs> oh my god, I will totally have to draw that. She she goes, I will definitely have to draw that, man. Like a little fucking raver.
0: <laughs> glow sticks in each tentacle.
1: Yes! Oh, well. But he's still gonna look kind of angry, hey, I think.
0: Well, yeah. Yeah, of course. yeah, yeah. yeah. Sure. It doesn't look happy. It's not possible. Yeah.
3: <laughs> it's like techno Viking meets Cthulhu meets Candy Kid.
2: <laughs>
1: I love yes. it. I'm going to write that down in my phone when I get off. I have like a list of ideas <laughs> that I put put into my phone and I think you good ideas and I'll...
3: You'll, you'll have to tag us in that when you...
1: I uh, will send you post. guys a free damn print when I do that one. Yeah. Be cool too. <laughs>
3: okay. I'll put that on my wall. Yeah. <laughs> Well, thank you for your time. Thank you very uh, much. Yeah, it's been fun. It was
1: really fun. And it was like, it was honestly like a really strange therapy session. Yeah. (laughs) It was really cool. I don't need to go and see a psychologist anymore. Yeah, no.
3: At (laughs) least for another week or two.
1: Yeah, yeah. We'll send you the (laughs) (laughs) No, it was really, um, really cool. And it was um, awesome uh, speaking to you both. Yeah.
3: Well, let me uh, hit the closing here. Uh, thank you to anybody out there listening. Again, please do come visit us at Uh we got a list of the people there we'd like to interview. If you'd like to uh, have anybody added to the list or can think of uh, somebody you can help us get in touch with, please let us know. Um, you can also hit up us hit us up on social media and let us know how we're doing. Um, there's stuff on the merch page, links to Patreon, all kinds of stuff. So, horrormakesishappy.com.